From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm your host, Mark Killian. Supreme Court Justice Meredith Sasso, who was appointed by Governor Ron DeSantis in May, was ceremonially sworn in on Friday. As DeSantis pointed out in a video welcoming her to Florida's highest court, there are now three women serving simultaneously for the first time in the state's history. Alexandra Glorioso has more. It was a jubilant investiture on Friday, Mark, with a packed court full of Sasso's friends and family and some light humor. After nearly an hour of speeches, Chief Justice Carlos Muniz remarked, quote, After hearing all those speeches, I think you can see why our court loves the investiture so much and why we're so excited to be working with you, Meredith, and also why I feel so weak and soft in comparison. Sasso came from the new 6th District Court of Appeal, to which DeSantis had appointed her last January. DeSantis did not attend the ceremony, but gave a brief, proud video statement welcoming her. DeSantis says when then-Judge Sasso came to his office to accept her letter of appointment this past spring, she brought along her two boys who could not have been prouder of their mom. DeSantis says he was sure her boys and husband are just as proud of her now as they were then. DeSantis touted Sasso's qualifications and track record as an originalist judge. Her grandfather, Roberto Papi Bear Barrios, who attended the investiture at nearly 102 years old, was widely credited for instilling Sasso's work ethic and worldview. Six DCA judge Mary Alice Nardella says that growing up around Barrios taught Sasso a deep appreciation for the American system of government and a separation of powers that doesn't exist in countries like Cuba, which Barrios fled in 1953. Michael Sasso, also an attorney, held his wife's maternal grandfather's Bible as she took the court's oath. Her two young boys, William and Adam, led the Pledge of Allegiance, and her sister, Lucy Bradley, led the invocation. Prior to serving on the 6th DCA's bench, Sasso worked for then-Governor Rick Scott as his chief deputy general counsel in Tallahassee until he appointed her to the 5th DCA in 2019. Some District Court of Appeal judges would be authorized to establish more convenient alternative headquarters under a measure that is quickly moving through the legislature. Jim Ash has the story. Yeah, Mark, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted 10 to 0 last week with no debate to approve SB 570. The bill is co-sponsored by Republicans Danny Burgess of Zephyr Hills and Aaron Grawl of Vero Beach, both attorneys. The law already permits DCA judges to establish alternate headquarters, typically an office, in their county of residence if they live more than 50 miles from their official courthouse. The bill would slightly expand that to include a county that is adjacent to their county of residence. Grawl told the Judiciary Committee that some DCA judges live closer to a courthouse that is in an adjacent county than the one that is in their county of residence. The bill is supported by the Florida Conference of DCA Judges. First District Court of Appeal Judge Clay Roberts told the committee. Grawl said the measure would not cost taxpayers additional money because it would prohibit DCA judges from recovering more travel expenses than if the judge had an alternate headquarters in their county of residence. Representative Pat Maney, a retired judge from Northwest Florida, is sponsoring the House Companion. It cleared Civil Justice Committee 17-0 on January 11th. 
also without debate. A Senate panel last week voted unanimously to approve a public records exemption that is designed to protect Florida's circuit court clerks and their deputies. Roanne Batar has the details. The Judiciary Committee voted 9-0 to, to approve SB 1176 by Committee Chair Clay Yarborough, a Republican from Jacksonville. Yarborough says the measure is an unfortunate sign of the times, as there have been an uptake in harassment of those working in the clerk's offices, including death threats. A priority of the Florida court clerks and comptrollers, the measure would shield from public view the personal identifying information of circuit court clerks, deputy clerks, and clerk personnel, as well as their respective spouses and information that could identify the schools and daycares attended by their children. Yarborough says the clerks regularly deal with a number of sensitive issues like termination of parental rights, felonies, mental health and domestic violence issues, foreclosures and evictions and other proceedings that can be emotionally charged and confrontational. The measure passed without debate. The bill faces two more committee hearings before reaching the Senate floor. Democratic Representative Dan Daly, a Coral Springs prosecutor, is sponsoring the companion. In a related action, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted 10 to 0 to approve SB 906 by Democratic Senator Daryl Rousson, a St. Petersburg attorney. The measure would create another public records exemption to protect the personal identifying information of appellate court clerks and their spouses and children. The bill would give them the same protection as current judicial assistants and current and former judges, Rousson told the committee. The legislature is considering a bipartisan proposal that would require courts to first consider supported decision making before appointing a guardian for someone with developmental disabilities. Jim? Uh, That's right, Mark. The Senate Children, Families and Elder Affairs Committee voted unanimously last week to approve SB 446 by Senator Corey Simon, a Tallahassee Republican. Simon called it, quote, a great bill that gives a voice to people with developmental disabilities. The bill states that before appointing a guardian for a person with developmental disabilities, a court would have to consider that person's, quote, ability to independently exercise his or her rights with appropriate assistance. The bill defines supported decision-making as, quote, an agreement in which the power of attorney grants an agent the authority to receive information and to communicate on behalf of a principal in any subject matter. It also states what a supportive decision-making agreement isn't, a durable power of attorney. Another provision would expand the rights of those seeking restoration of capacity to include whether or not the individual is capable of independently exercising rights with, quote, appropriate assistance. A staff analysis notes that supported decision-making agreements could save the court system money because they would reduce the need for guardianship proceedings. The bill is supported by ARC, Disability Rights Florida, and the Florida Smart Justice Alliance. A companion by Democrat Allison Tant of Tallahassee and Republican Tracy Coster of Tampa cleared the Children's, Families, and Seniors Subcommittee 15-0 in November. For more on these and other stories of interest to the profession, visit floridabar.org slash news. Florida Bar News Briefs, the production of the Journal and News Department. For Rowan Batar, Alex Glorioso, Jim Ash, and our producer behind the glass, Jonathan Siegel, I'm Mark Killian. <laughs>